0: You need to go back to the things that you loved doing as a child. And I have yet to find a person who has done that and says, that was awful. Hey
1: everyone, it's Angie Wachowski. I'm the New York Times bestselling author of Spark, Bet On You, and Leading From the Front. I am also really proud of my Marine Corps background because I learned a lot about leadership from that one pretty profound experience. I'm so happy to share these military leadership best practices with you all too, because many of us don't get the chance, fortunately, unfortunately, you can decide to join the military and get them. But don't worry, you don't have to do push-ups. I did them for you. You can take these lessons and apply them to your life. I think the coolest thing about my life, though, is I get to talk to pretty amazing people. This next guest is one in particular. Her name is Jeanette Kahide, and she is a really dynamic individual. She not only is a very successful professional, Entrepreneur, but it sort of later in her life, she rediscovered a passion for figure skating. I wanted to have Jeanette on the program because she lives such a dynamic life, and I would really liken her to this phrase she is a real world leader. She is like you and me, trying to figure things out along the way and share best practices and ideas and how to find joy in your life, whatever stage of life you're in, how to create boundaries around your life so you have the time to prioritize yourself and your needs. She also has amazing regimens around this concept of biohacking, so really turning inward to pay attention to what your body needs so you can fuel the passion and performance in your whole life. So I am so excited for Jeanette to share with us how we can all bet on ourselves by making ourselves a priority in our own life. Jeanette, if you don't mind, before we jump into just your impressive experiences that you're doing right now, do you mind sharing with us a little bit about your background?
0: Sure. So I am currently the vice president of strategy for Dialecta. We were acquired by IBM last year. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are a product development firm focused on digital products and uh, hardware experiences, both software and hardware. And uh, so we've been building our own companies as well as, com- you know, products for other startups as well as enterprise. And, um, and so then that's sort of like how I got there was I was an entrepreneur who hired Dialexa to build my first mobile app called Blurt in 2012. So as you can imagine, there were not very many apps in the market at that point, And we had launched the first meme creation app in the marketplace uh, probably about 10 years too soon. <laughs> so it did not uh, succeed at the time. But now that everyone's fluent in memes, maybe I would have been a little bit more successful. And um, <laughs> prior to that, I came from the finance background. Um, I was, a, a you know, on Wall Street, mess and baking. And I did some consulting at Accenture and kind of just had that traditional background
1: before jumping into entrepreneurship. You also have a really interesting athletic background. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
0: Yes. So I came back to competitive figure skating after 30 years being off the ice. Um, U.S. figure skating has an adult division that competes and qualifies uh, for national competition. And um, so I've been back on the ice for six years Uh, in 2000 and I guess 22 Um, I was, um, uh, the, um, second place, um, you know, silver medalist at sectionals and then the bronze medalist at nationals. And I compete against 21 and up in, in my group. So it, it's, uh, we call it hunger games because it's a big group (laughs) and then only 12, the top 12 qualify for nationals and then we compete again. So...
1: That is so impressive. Mm -hmm. As I was listening to your background, I'm thinking entrepreneur, athlete. I know a lot of people out in our world, they, they struggle with trying to find one, you know, work stream pursuit, just, you know, succeeding as a professional. But it sounds like you might not sleep much and you have varied interests that are really keeping your passions fueled. I'd love to hear a little bit about your routine, how you're able to accommodate your whole life into the 24 hours that we have every day.
0: Well, so I'm actually a very militant about my sleep. (laughs) So I say no to a lot of social events um, because I do get to bed uh, by 830. In fact, sometimes I try to beat it so that I can actually like be asleep. Like, you know, within a few minutes of that, like my sleep latency is like six minutes. I think I'm like gone. (laughs) So I'm that tired. But um, so it's a little hard because I don't get to do fun stuff a lot. Like if somebody invites me to dinner, I usually do dinner at like 5 p.m. Like just so that I can have three hours to sort of digest my meal before going to bed. So I have a lot of little quirks in my personality that kind of help me perform, you know, especially at my age. Um, I don't take any chances. I don't drink alcohol during the week. I do like alcohol. Um, but I try to do it on like a Friday or Saturday, uh, during the day. Um, and Sunday is recovery day because I have to be ready to go on Monday. But, um, you know, so it's kind of funny. My boss, uh, I have him on that like favorites where he can bypass in case my phone's dead. Um, because he knows he can't call, call me past seven o'clock. Um, especially if he gets me like all you know anxious. <laughs> um so and I wake up at 4:50 every morning. Um and I you know go to the gym, lift weights, uh, do some a little bit of cardio warm up and then I train in the morning. Uh I train an hour on the ice and then about an hour off the ice, so 2 hours total. And then I start my work day and then I just I work and I Try to get everything done, um, you know, on the weekends. That would require me to, um, you know, you know, laundry, all that, all the sort of tasks at home get pushed out to to weekends, where I try to just take more time for myself and not have to work or skate.
1: <laughs> I call those life admin. That's one of my worst. I mean, my least favorite things in this world is life admin. Going to the dry cleaner doing the chores, running to target for these two things. I um, just, I'm not a fan of, I mean, the necessities of life, of course, but life, but what I'm hearing from you is that you are, real. I, I would say rigid, but it sounds like such a negative word sometimes, just really rigid with your schedule. But maybe a better way to say it is like, you have strong boundaries, around your life to help accommodate your whole life? Have you always been like that? Have you always had just really strong boundaries about things that you will or won't do in regard to taking care of you to allow yourself to thrive?
0: So when I, so growing up, I was a, I skated as a kid, obviously. And then I, you know, that only lasted about a year and a half because I uh, got into the Boston Valet. So I was a ballerina. So when I was training, I was training, Four hours a day and then like six to eight hours on Saturday so it was you know pretty intense schedule for someone who was also going to school full-time and um and I remember not being able to go to football games not being able to hang out with my friends like I you know i had a I was very isolated except for obviously my ballet so I think that's where I got that you know that mindset um as an adult, when I was not involved in any sport, and if I got to the gym, I was very lucky and I was overeating and I gained like, I don't know, 60 pounds from, from the time that I was a ballerina. So it was a big change on my body. I was not like that. I worked all the time and to the point where I had the time to go to the gym, but I didn't go because I was just so kind of in this mode of like overworking which like in hindsight now I realized I was just in so much pain that I was like avoiding having to really interact or do anything like so I was choosing work as kind of like my drug of choice Um, and I think that when I came back to figure skating I, uh, I was around almost 41 when I you know did that so it was kind of your midlife crisis moment some
1: people get a porsche and i just got figure skates, and so Cheaper, smart investment a lot of people would say except of course
0: well i don't know skating <laughs> my my i always tell people because they always ask me like they're like how much do you spend on skating because i have three coaches um and i have a lot of off ice uh, obligations and i'm like it's a mortgage It is literally a mortgage. I can actually have a second home right now if I wanted to. And everyone's like, well, is it worth it? And I'm like, yes, it is, because it's either that or like just therapy and never being really, truly happy. Like, I feel like I'm actually happy now. Like, I can actually say that I am very content and happy with my life. And a lot of it has to do with figure skating because it gave me that sort of, I feel like I thrive better in, in like. Even though my mind is very chaotic and I'm a very creative thinker and very much an ideator, I need structure. I need, I thrive best when I have a coach waiting for me and being told you compete in six weeks and you're going to do this. And if I say, oh, I'm scared, I don't want to do that, they're like, no, you can do it. You know, so it's like I need that, I guess, feedback because it's how I was raised. And I think the hardest thing that happened to me when I lost that and went into kind of like adulthood was you go and get a job and then your whole life is like dating. Am I going to get married? Am I going to have children? Do I raise the children? How do I get ahead at work? And it just becomes so monotonous that I like, I feel like that whole world just kind of like broke me down. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. And everyone's like, well, that's just being a human, you know, but I think for me, I always kind of I think when you're just a very creative person and you love to express yourself. For me, I do it through skating and and writing and speaking and whatnot. Um, And you're not doing that anymore. You basically, you
1: just start to die on the inside. And I didn't realize it until I came back to skating. You just said something that I think is most important for a lot of people when you think about your goals. Uh, Again, talented in a specific area of skating, but you have coaches, essentially accountability partners. And we came across each other and specifically your work that you're doing in the writing space because you wrote this piece on mentors versus champions. And I feel like that is connected to an accountability partner. Again, somebody who's invested in your success. Can you talk about this article that you wrote? Yeah. So, um,
0: so it was probably over 10 years ago when I was kind of in the startup scene, and it seemed like everybody wanted to mentor or be a mentor, or I was being asked also to be a mentor. And I've, I kind of was just like, okay, I can spend my time being people's mentors, but I really want to have impact. And so, how do I have impact? And that's like having skin in the game. Like, I, I don't want to just be someone's mentor, like, they need champions. And I, and I personally, myself want and need a champion to get ahead, right? And so I wrote this piece. And I think it helped really resonate. And it's funny, because people still ask me often, like, will you be my mentor? I'm like, no, like, you can talk to me, you can ask me questions, I will tell you what to do what not to do. I'll give you every opinion you, you want in the book, you don't even have to make it formal and say, will you be my mentor, I will always do that for you, it doesn't matter. But I prefer to be someone who's like really invested in your success and like will give you like, let me see how I can help you. Who do I know? Like, what advice can I give you about if you want to create your own personal brand or start writing or, you know, like I give, you know, I even do this with my competitors. Like I have several competitors who struggled with this. We call it the axle jump, which is one and a half revolutions. It's the hardest jump in figure skating because it's the only one that takes off board. So, you have to be very mentally tough to leap like into, you know, the abyss. Just hope that you land, right? And on uh, that per- razor
1: thin edge on yeah, the ice. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's a very <laughs> slick surface. No, yeah. I mean, I've seen it. It scares the crap out of me. Yeah. I-
0: yeah yeah it's very it's it's scary so and i had two competitors who literally are like at my neck like they're like at my heels one beat me like another one has beat me you know so like we're always kind of like beating each other or you know and i was struggling with the axle and i got my axle and i um created this mind movie which allowed me i broke my uh, my leg on the axle and it allowed me to come back get it again and again So I sent them my mind movie and I was like, here, this is what I did. This is how it worked. Like, you know, and it was like to me. And then they got got their axles. One landed in competition. They both landed in competition. You know, so it's like to me, I'm just like, yeah, we compete against each other. But I really like want to champion their success. Like I know how hard the axle has been for me. And if I feel like I've found something that helps someone else, I want to help them too. And it's okay if we compete because there's other things that I do better, or there's other things they do better, like we're not really competing, we're, we're helping each other thrive, I, is the way I see it. So that's what to me I think a, a true champion is versus a mentor, like there is an investment in terms of seeing other people succeed and, and reach their goals.
1: I think so. And bet on you, we write about that. It's like mentorship is such a formal ask. Like, let's start there. Nobody wants to go up to somebody and say, will you mentor me? Because it sounds like a marriage proposal. Like, it sounds like a serious time commitment. But if you say, you know, like, I'd love for you to be my champion. I'd love for tidbits. I'd love for you to give me some insight. You're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. why not? Like, I I could do that. And you're asking for my support and help. And I agree with the competition. You know, it's (laughs) like, I love celebrating my, quote unquote, competitor's success because who I'm surrounded by and if they're stronger than me in some areas, I'm only going to get that much better. Speaking of getting better, another article that you had written that I thought was really fascinating was just on, you know, this this it's. I think it's become, it's been around for a while, but it's become a more popularized, but it's around these concepts of biohacking, like really like healing yourself from the inside out and nurturing your performance. Could you talk about your routine and maybe how you even got into biohacking?
0: Yeah, so actually, I. it was while I was recovering from my broken leg. And I, at that point, I honestly, given how hard it was for me to overcome my fear of the axle landing it then breaking my leg on it I knew I was like this is going to either make me or break me so I have to overcome this in any way possible and so um at that point a company called levels which is a continuous glucose monitor came out and um they were you know they they had you know a, a very long wait list and I had a friend who was using it and I asked him if he could send me an invite which he did and then um I started using continuous glucose monitor and learning all about glucose and basically how important it is not only for energy but also balancing your hormones which obviously women in their mid you know perimenopause I guess starts mid 30s but especially early 40s is when you really start to feel it I think (laughs) um and So like knowing that I could balance my hormones and sort of just have everything dialed in uh, from a glucose standpoint um, allowed my body, I think, to start healing naturally. Because at that point, I wasn't doing these like big spikes where I had like inflammation markers, you know, because basically everyone's like glucose spikes are normal. I'm like, well, yes, but your body has to work really hard to deal with the glucose bring out the you know the insulin the glucose like there's just this whole relationship it's just extra work and obviously which the more it has to work more uh, oxidative stress and it's just in general the rule of thumb is the more you can learn to eat and keep your gl- glucose level the less of that spike the more consistent your energy levels are the better your sleep the more balance your hormones and the better you can think So to me, it's like a winning combination all around for work and sport and life and family. And then I I also started using the Aura Ring, which then that got me down the rabbit hole of like uh, trying to understand all the little metrics that it tracks. And it's mostly a sleep tool. Like I don't think anybody really gets Aura to like track their workouts. But from Mm -hmm. a sleep perspective, I've always struggled with sleep my entire life. I've always been a very light sleeper. So it was like, how do I like, what are the efficiencies that I can gain while sitting on my butt while I'm recovering? And so H I became like very big on HRV because HRV measures the, um, the nervous system. And so it's a, it's a, it's a metric of like a nervous system metric and i had never realized that you can measure your nervous system and like know whether it was like in a parasympathetic or sympathetic mode and like how you know how are we handling our stress from a nervous system standpoint like i've always thought of stress as something that was more physical in nature like my heart rate is beating high like i can't sleep you know like i feel jittery like i it, those were more like the clues that I was looking for, less so of like, what does a calm nervous system look like? I had no idea. So I went down that rabbit hole and started kind of healing my nervous system and healing my glucose response, which then kind of turned me into like a powerhouse. I mean, I've been able to recover from now three major injuries and not even miss a beat. And I'm like, 47. (laughs) So it's like nobody, everyone's like, oh, I'm old now. I need to do yoga. And I'm like, no,
1: you're just training the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because we are the same age. And I love that. You know, we're not old. We're just, yeah, we're just not tuning into the needs of our body. And we're just not training at the rate in which we shouldn't. We probably aren't sleeping as much as we should also. I would love my, my final question for you, Jeanette, because you have such a rich, full dynamic life. And can you give some guidance to those who might be of our age or around our age who are just finding that right now their life is a little ho-hum, that it isn't very dynamic, that they're just kind of going through the motions? Can you give just our listeners some hope or just some inspiration or insight on what you've learned on your journey? Sure. So
0: uh, I had a friend actually who gave me this advice, and she said, "You need to go back to the things that you loved doing as a child," and that and that was before I went to figures into figure skating. So it something she said to me, and then it marinated there for a while. And I have yet to find a person who has done that and says that was awful. <laughs> Every single person is like, "Oh my god, that was like exactly what I needed to do." And I think that that the thing is, as you get older, especially you know, in your 40s when you're trying to raise a family. And I mean, it's chaotic and you're dealing with ki- kids that don't want to listen. right? <laughs> um, of my mean, life. Keep yeah. going.
1: You got it. Keep Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're nailing it.
0: <laughs> you know, so it's like there needs to be a time for you like there has to be and, and this is like um, something that I've seen a lot of parents do, which is called the miracle morning It's a, it's a routine where you wake up an hour before your household normally wakes up. It is tough because you're obviously cutting into your sleep. That just means that you need to be more disciplined about getting to sleep earlier. But it's like within an hour, you can, you just do this for a month. Like you don't have to do it for your whole life, but you do it for a month. And he has this thing called savers. And in an hour, you kind of go through this like meditation, writing, you know, it's savers. So it's like silence affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and then I think S stands for scribing, which is journaling. So in an hour, you would complete that. I'm telling you, I did this for the first time in 2014 when I was really struggling with just depression. I was living in Boston and we had 110 uh, inches of snow that season. And I literally, I thought I was going to lose my mind. So I did this and I'm telling you it's like a fog lifted over my head and I realized that if you don't put yourself first it's kind of like if you're on the plane and you know they always say the oxygen you put the oxygen mask on yourself first then you help others and there's a reason for that and I think that parents especially or people as they get older and they have more obligations at work they just forget about themselves and they also forget about the things that brought them joy and I think that you're clues for things that bring you joy are probably in your childhood when you didn't have necessarily the pressure of society telling you what was acceptable and what wasn't when you started adapting to you know society standards and cultural and education and keeping up with the Joneses or you feel like you have an image that you have to uphold I just um, ordered a jewelry kit from uh, from Amazon to start making like these little bracelets with like oh, the, yeah. I did well, that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because I'm also going to Taylor Swift, London. So I'm like preparing oh. myself for my Swifty bracelets and then also making them for my friends who are coming with me. So I'm like, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know, I'm so grateful that Taylor Swift like made it acceptable to bring back the friendship bracelet. <laughs> because I remember doing them and having so much fun. And I remember wishing back then that I could just go get supplies. But I had to like rely on my parents to take me and they really didn't get why I wanted all these strings, right? And so now I'm just like, oh, I can just order whatever I want and glitter it up. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm sitting here listening to podcasts. I'll listen to Andrew Huberman and I'm doing my little friendship bracelet. And I feel like I'm literally, I don't want to be anywhere else in the world. (laughs) So I just feel like you just have to find and be creative, like how you balance the things that you have to do and continuous learning, and also have fun. I also have a coloring book that I sometimes draw in. And I, when I had, I just had surgery on my shoulder because I dislocated it, and I was Oof. literally coloring. <laughs> the doctor came in, and he's probably my age, and he's like, "How old are you?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm." I this is what I do. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> like, this is what joy, I so do. Like <laughs> I this is me having joy. Well, Jeanette, <laughs> it has been an absolute joy just to hear from you, learn about your life routine, and in many ways get hope and inspiration for all of us finding joy in our lives. And last quick question: Where can we learn more about you? Sure, um, I'm pretty active on um, all the social networks.
0: My handle is uh, when good enough so um i'm on instagram uh youtube it's all the same
1: um and uh and i guess x well i will the, never the, the channel twitter. formally yeah known as twitter well thank you so much for being a part of the bet on you conversation we right, so appreciated you. having you thank you for having me this was great That was such a fun conversation. I love learning from leaders like Jeanette, who just share, like, this is what I'm learning, folks. <laughs> I think if it's helping me, it can help you too. And it got me thinking about my three takeaways. And the first one, I want to just reorient ourselves on what did you like to do as a kid? What did you like to do as a kid? What bought you joy? You know, for me personally, I loved riding my bike and I rediscovered bike riding about six or seven years ago when I was doing it later at night. I was on vacation with the family and I just had so much fun. I think for a lot of us, we forget that sometimes the simplest of pleasures, probably if they were brought back into our life, could really just awaken the spirit inside of us. So don't discount those childhood dreams that you have, those childhood joys. Maybe those need to be a part of our routine right now. The second that I took away, um, and I know too many of you who like this, that we determine that work is the drug of choice. I found that you know I'm good at working. I like working. I can work on Saturday. I can work on Sunday. It doesn't bother me. But the next question is, work is not going to hold my hand on my deathbed. Other people hopefully will, right? You're you're the relationship, so don't neglect those things that are important to you because work can be an easy habit give you a toxic habit to fall into, create some better boundaries. And that's where this third piece comes in. I love your point about we need mentors, we need champions versus mentors and finding people in our life who can help us be a little bit more accountable to the things that are important to us. So I love the idea of champions, as I shared in the podcast. I wrote about this in Bet on You, that sometimes getting a mentor is a really hard ask and maybe it's a hard task to put on somebody else. But go find your people. Go find those people that you can surround yourself with that can be invested in you, and then you can invest in them and you can get better together. If you want to learn more about Jeanette, certainly we'll put her contact information where she'd like you to follow her on her social channels. But also, if you'd like to learn more ways that you can bet on you, go to AngieConnect.com. I am so excited that we can provide you resources that not just help you once a week when the podcast drops, but every single day. Take care, friends. Talk to you soon.